Hello and welcome to the Wad Fam Chalk Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm very tired. And uh, we're here this week to talk about episode 310, The Perfect Witness, part two. And Andrew's very tired. <laughs> I was wondering what was going to happen. Uh, yeah. Uh, if as you wait we- long enough, I will talk. Yes, yes. It, it does happen. I learned that in counseling. <laughs> uh, I learned that on an episode of Superstore that recently aired. I haven't seen that one. Don't spoil it. Okay, done. So this is uh, an episode, once again, written and directed by Paul McCusker. It aired a week after the last one on April 15th of 1995. It is track 11 on album 23, Twists and Turns. Um, and uh, we've got a couple new cast members. Kind of. Every kind of? Well, so there's no one new. There are some new characters in this episode. There is no, no one new. new to the show or different from last episode, really. So we've got Will Ryan here playing Harlow Doyle. Yep. This is our first Harlow appearance that we have covered. We covered Harley yes. for one episode that was remade, yeah. but we have never talked about Harlow. Yeah, I was could, I was surprised you showed up in this episode. There's an anecdote about that in the book, which we can get to later. Okay, that's exciting. I, I wasn't sure what... Like, I was genuinely, like, didn't think that it was Harlow Doyle. I just thought it was somebody that was, like, sounded just like him or somebody <laughs> like that. Because it was so out of, like, the blue in the scene. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? Harlow? What are you doing talking to Holstein? Yeah. Uh, we also have Matt Hurwitz um, playing uh, Frank Phelan, um, who is the, the foreman. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, uh, he's also playing... Uh, Possibly the dad, possibly a different character. That whole discrepancy we discussed last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have Marshall Younger playing his famous uh, role of Officer Stu Burke. Does he play Officer Stu Burke frequently? In like, well, in, he's. It's just like we need an extra police officer, and Burke just keeps popping up. He was in Expect the Worst, which we covered. He was in Here Today, Gone Tomorrow, Part 1. He's in, like, 13 episodes or something throughout the series because Marshall Younger's always around. Yeah, Here Today, and- Gone Tomorrow, Part 1, uh, No Way In, Odyssey Sings, Silent Night, Broken Armed and Dangerous, and Accidental Dilemma, Part 2. Huh. So he's not a character. <laughs> no. No. No, it's not like... It's just like, hey, we need a cop. Yeah. Marshall yeah. Younger's around... And he sounds we, like a cop. Right, and we, we, we've just named him, you know, Stu That's Burke. cool, though. That's yeah. fun. I like, I like those recurring, like, non-characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's a fun, it's a fun thing. Universe building. Yeah. Um, this episode has its own promo again. So let's roll that now. The mysterious robbery at Holstein's bookstore spins out of control on the next Adventure in Odyssey. To everyone's surprise, Jenny, despite her blindness, is helping track down the thieves. But just as police are about to put everything together, an unexpected twist throws everything out of whack. Can Detective Ethan and Eugene put the puzzle back together? Find out next time on Adventures in Odyssey. Bang up job. To everyone's surprise, Jenny, who is blind, is doing okay. Thank goodness. <laughs> it's, Did you forget she was blind? It, uh, it's, Did I mention it's, she's blind? It's, it's fine. It was just, it was weird. Also, Detective Ethan and Eugene are going to figure it out. Like, 
you just had to name a character who we knew, right? So yeah. That's why you said Eugene, because it's clearly Quinn and Ethan who are spearheading the investigation. Yeah, Eugene's doing stuff, but like last episode, he contributed the clay thing. This episode, nothing. nothing. <laughs> uh, we get some uh, good emotional work with Katrina. Yeah, I suppose, yeah we do. But... We, we get we get some good but moments. Certainly but... nothing for the investigation. <laughs> yeah. This episode, uh, audio-wise, is impeccable. Like, it's stupendous. Obviously, we talked about this previously with the, you know, with part one. It continues it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just worth noting off the top that the score is incredible for this episode. Shout out John Campbell. Yeah, there's uh, really great intro music. Um, yep, I agree. And just the, yeah, the Foley work and the atmosphere that's created yep. by the... Dave Arnold, Mark Drury. Yeah, These they, men are killing it. Honestly, P- McCusker's direction is really good, too. Yeah. And I don't know. They never have a credited editor. I don't know if that's part of engineering or more part of directing. But regardless, it they is... They did a great job. <laughs> they, it's well edited. Yeah, it is really just incredibly layered and stuff. I'm more so saying it to uh, call attention to like how they're able to tell a mystery story obviously through audio and kind of give auditory flashbacks while maintaining the present, which is mm-hmm. very cool. Which uh, is, yeah, I mean, that's what we start super on. Super impressive, yeah. Is it's the goons telling her not to run away. Yep. We cut to Ethan mm-hmm. talking through with Jenny kind of what's going on. Yeah, yeah, they're they're digging through um, kind of her memories, as we mentioned, and trying to create like a sound picture uh, and get some details that they can use for the investigation. Yeah, um, they talk about the whole three flights up thing. Mm-hmm. There's a creaky chair. It was echoey with no other furniture. The floor has like dirt. Yeah, yeah, which like, it's on the third floor, but there's like something on it. Right, well, I think the point is like it's not like concrete mm-hmm. or or carpet yeah it's like a you know dusty a, abandoned dirty, something right. yeah yep um and then uh ethan interjects when she's talk like when he does the when the dude pulls his mustache off she's mm-hmm. like ah oh, i'd better like tell quinn that those descriptions aren't going to be any good and um the voice of children everywhere um jenny's dad yeah. chimes in to be like wait how'd you figure that out and i'm like all right come on and then i was like yeah okay it is for children sure i'll, yeah, okay. I'll allow you i'll allow 8 you. to 12 i this is a brief tangent but i went on uh witsend.org i am so surprised that odyssey has whittled down their target audience to four years <laughs> Oh, like, like that's it. it. It's this is what the show is. This is what it's for. It's eight to twelve. There is nothing be- like for pre, you know, before eight, and there's nothing for after twelve. Right. I yes. Mean, I mean, this show doesn't exist. No, certainly not. Yeah. Then, um, right. Jenny talks about spelling paint mm-hmm. and nail polish, um, like nail polish remover, just all the like stuff that would go into like disguises and yeah. also construction area, um. Clues. And, yes, clues, <laughs> clues. Um, and then there's uh, the one guy exits the room. Because mm-hmm, he's uncomfortable, because yeah, he's changing. Good, good goon, goon one, <laughs> enters, exits the room, you know. And um, and at that point, uh, um, Ethan's like, oh, noted, there's a second room. Yeah. Um, what? Great job. 
Yeah. I mean, I suppose that's somewhat helpful for the investigation. I don't know. There's a lot of grasping at straws, which, to be fair, they are trying to, you know, recreate a crime scene from literally nothing but the descriptions of one person, so. The next thing, then, is, um... They're, again, they're piecing through the clues of what's going on. Uh, They use disguises and everything. And this is when they start talking about the car um, and the kind of logistical issue of how did, you know, if he abandoned the car at this, what, gas station in Odington, 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 um, how could he have gotten back to his partner? Right. Uh, And so they're like, okay, well, let's go talk to, you know, the person at the gas station to see if they saw anything. Right. She, she calls out, I think maybe to Stu Burke and is like, Mm -hmm. Hey, can you tell officer Quinn to check with them? Yeah. And uh, he, cause she wants to go talk to Holstein about and get more information about this right. uh right. book. Well, and there's the suggestion that like, oh, they used the truck to pick them up at the place and maybe yeah. someone at the gas station saw that. Yeah. Um and then right, we get into she walks into a scene of Holstein tall tailing it up yeah. to Harlow Doyle, who interestingly and maybe I want to spin off with just them. I mean that would be delightful. Make of this whatever you want, but so Will Ryan plays Harlow Doyle, also plays Eugene. Mm -hmm. Before we hear Harlow Doyle talk, and it is just him listening along to what Holstein is saying, I thought it was Eugene. How could you tell by him listening? I have no idea, but he made just enough sound while listening, and my brain is just broken enough that I was like, oh, Oh, Eugene. (laughs) Eugene's listening. Paused it to write down that note, pressed play, and Harlow spoke. And I was, because I, I was legitimately like, Eugene's listening. Why didn't Eugene leave Holstein? Yeah, Why yeah. is he back there? Yeah. Maybe Katrina, maybe he's seeing Katrina. It's weird that he's getting the story recap to him. Press play. It's Harlow. Yeah. And he's just lying to him. And all of that was from no lines. Like maybe just like a, hmm? I don't know. I don't know what triggered it, but. uh, It's deep within your brain, uh, though. Apparently. I'm terrified that i will and never then, be able to forget their voices right and then uh yeah Har- so harlow um or holstein's um, talking to harlow right. and, and ethan walks in and holstein's like ah i don't know who you are and Hol- and harlow says if you never saw her before how could you know that it's her <laughs> which strong point yep so the the nice anecdote from the book is that Harlow wasn't written into the script. Holstein was recounting that story to an unheard character. Mm-hmm. And Will Ryan just happened to be in the studio and ad-libbed some Harlow lines. That's great. I love that. It I'm so here for so it. Happy. And it makes a lot of sense because Harlow has nothing to do with this episode and right. does not come back. Yes. And it's a mystery. I don't know about part three, but like it's, yeah. it's a mystery. And he's a detective, but no, he's just here to, like, listen intently to what Holstein's saying. Yeah. Um, and I love the idea of Will Ryan ad-libbing, if you never saw her before, how could you know that it's her? Yeah, that is that is a very powerful uh, mental image. <laughs> just, just to be like, just to come up with that on the spot. Well, and I'm wondering how much Holstein is riffing and not, like, like, he, it sounds, his dialogue sounds very jokey and, and the... The whole thing where he's, he's yeah, he's tall-tailing it up. He says that he got, he wrestled them down to the ground, and then they beat him with a reference dictionary. 
And Harlow's like, ah, the old dist- or the old hit him upside the head with a reference dictionary trick. Know it well. And then that made me think of from the uh Pokenberry Christmas, the hey <laughs> the, the old hey look, look at, at the, the giant fo- big phone book trick. <laughs> yeah. Um that George uses to evade the police. And then I was like falling down a rabbit hole that is fully ungoogleable, but like uh Chalk Squad, reach out to me. Is the old whatever trick. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a formula that is used a lot in Odyssey. Yeah, maybe. I Like, think, when yeah. that was said, I was like, oh, I hadn't thought about it. But I do, like, I have, like, a sense memory of that sort of joke. Being and made it a feels lot, yeah. like it's got to be an Odyssey thing that is the source of that joke. I'm not saying it's original to Odyssey, but I'm wondering if this is some sort of like, because the Pokenberry Christmas and this were both McCusker. Yeah. If this is some sort of like McCuskerism. Yeah, where he exactly. Just like he says always... that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the old leave the lasagna out and it gets dry trick. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like I do. I feel like, I feel like there are like, Wooten or Bernard lines like mm-hmm. isn't there like who shoves a potato in the exhaust pipe and is like the old potato in the exhaust, exhaust pipe, pipe trick like that's in Novacom right I think that's Bernard who does it yeah oh uh, wait or is that no I think it's blacker okay it might be blackered yeah yeah it is blacker because it's, Bernard... it's the van leaving the yep. that but whatever How could we like, forget that right scene? and it's that's definitely that right? yeah it's yeah the old <laughs> yeah potato in the exhaust pipe trick like that you'll beat him upside with, uh, right. with a dictionary trick no wait no the potato in the exhaust pipe something else the bernard thing in that episode is that he siphons the gas yes <laughs> i forgot because he want, he asks for a breath mint yeah the potato in the exhaust pipe might be something jason does in novacom i yeah i don't we, we can't look this up right the internet. No, we can't. But it makes sense then because McCusker is Novacom, Lawler is Blackard. So it makes mm. sense that it's during Novacom. Okay, yes, and not Blackard. So this is just the canon. This is a McCusker thing. Lawler Send is us- notoriously like siphoning gas. <laughs> I want I want a running list um of of all of these. So if you come across in your general listening the old da 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 trick. Uh, send us them our way with reference with episode references because I'm heavily invested in this now. <laughs> yes, this is very important. We need to accumulate a, a like an anthology of running uh, McCusker slash Odyssey isms. Yeah, I like the idea of McCusker isms. Um, yeah. So so aside aside from all of the delightful uh, McCusker isms, we have Holstein talking with. Um, Quinn mm-hmm. and or no sorry he's he's like I already talked to Quinn and Ethan's like well you got to talk to me now mm-hmm. and Holstein's like you know she asks him about the book about who would want it about mm-hmm. like did anybody basically did anybody know that it would be arriving today and he's like well th- there were more expensive books sitting nearby yeah he got it for somebody at the college correct at, like Dr. M- Morton or something no Ma- Doc Morton's the other one Dr. Marcus Mar- Doc Mar- Morton is Isaac yes, Morton's mom yes. who we talked about last week Dr. Marcus is the person he got it for Dr. Last Name that's a first name um, right. yeah and so you know very important he's upset that they don't have this book and so the evidence is like okay clearly they don't appreciate the value 
of the book because they left other more valuable books behind, right. which they is left a runner a, right. in this series. Yep, and he he suggests, like Holstein throws out, like maybe they heard me talking to Katrina, mm-hmm. and that's why they stole the book. Yeah, and I at this point wrote in my notes because I don't have great memories of these ones. Oh, maybe they were actually after the K knapsack. Which it seems like is the case, because that's got Katrina's files in it, and we'll get into that later. Yeah. But also, it also made me wish so badly that we had remembered last episode to do plot predictions, which is oh, the thing we always we forget. Yeah, for the part one. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Because it would have been so exciting. Unfortunately. So, we'll just have to cover more Odyssey, I suppose. <laughs> I guess so. But anyways, they so yeah, I, I'm like, uh, I think I got this figured out. And then Holstein, and then she asks him about, was, was the book in, a na- in an envelope? And mm-hmm. Holstein was like, no, it was... In a box. In, it would have been in a box, but I actually saw it sticking out of the K-Napsack with, no, with nothing on it. And I mm-hmm. was mad because, you know... They're they treating the book so right. poorly, yeah. Yep. So clearly there's, there's something else. And, you know, this is put against the idea that um, Jenny heard the envelope in the previous episode opening. Um, so right. there's clearly something else going on there. Pretty big clue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the next scene we get is uh, Quinn and Ethan talking, correct? Yeah, it's them meeting up in McAllister Park, mm-hmm. which is uh, not stated, but is obvious it's because le- of sound design. And I love that. That, yeah, I, you can tell that they're outside. I couldn't tell, like, did they say that they were in... Or no, could you hear that there like, was like cars and stuff? It, it you could hear like the like woods of it all, or like the it, it wasn't like they were talking on a street. Yeah, they were clearly talking in like a grassy area. Yeah, and McAllister, McAllister Park. Park, of course. Yeah, right. right next but to also McAllister. absolutely insane that like they were able yeah. to do that. That they were able to do that, and then my brain was like, oh, they're in McAllister Park. Of course, <laughs> that, that's Will Ryan. Yeah, we have... That's Will Ryan, obviously. Before Ooh. he speaks. It's Harlow Doyle. <laughs> Which is... Will Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. No, eh, yeah. we, we've listened yeah. to too much Odyssey. So, yeah. So, Quinn, Quinn explains that none of the employees in Odenton noticed anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but one did have a police scanner, which is how the, the car was even identified. Which is funny. And convenient. Um, uh, and then they are estimating five o'clock was the time the car was dropped off, which is about the same time as Jenny was dropped off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is so obviously Ethan already knew that this was Eugene's car, mm-hmm. but this is Quinn then revealing that other stuff than the laptop was stolen from Eugene's office or Eugene's dorm. Yes. Um, which is the stuff we learned at the end of last episode. Correct. And, um, yeah, wait, no, that that's and and that's that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, but there's this weird thing that I don't understand, unless it's just the, well. So I'll explain what the thing is, and then we can get into the why. Ethan then Quinn asks like, oh, you know, so this is Ethan's like, all right, I'm gonna go now, and he's like, wait, mm-hmm. isn't this like you fill me in, I fill you, and she's like, I gotta sleep tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, which is like it's weird. That they did it that way. I don't know why entirely. So, like, on a base level from storytelling perspective, like, like we, you don't want to hear the same thing twice. So, 
Quinn was filling Ethan in on the stuff from last episode, but also adding new information that we didn't have. Ethan, all of her information that she's gathered recently has been in this episode, so we don't want to hear her recount it. Mm -hmm. So you could easily just, like, fade out on that scene or something, Mm -hmm. but they go an extra step to be like, let's just, like, make it part of the texture of the show that she leaves to fill him in the next day. And it's like... It's interesting. So it's, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a choice. Yeah, and I don't know why it was made, and I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just it's such a choice. Choice. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of uncharacteristic of Odyssey to be like, we're not going to talk about this right now because we're tired. We'll talk tomorrow. Right. To, like Odyssey really doesn't do that, and, yes. and they they set that up a little bit. Uh, right. I mean, in, it's... with with Jenny previously in the mm. beginning scene. Oh yeah. About I'm... her being tired, Jenny needs to. Right. You know, yeah, like yeah. She wants to keep going, but she's like, no, you got to be fresh. That is, um, it's such a good scene because last episode we see Ethan kind of burst in and mm-hmm. be like, and be like, you know, we got to hit this while the iron's hot. You can do this. I believe in you. Right. And then in this, in this, she's like, all right, Jenny, just like don't wear yourself out and jenny's like no no i want to keep going i want to do it while it's fresh and she's like look like if you just sleep it off like you'll be better in the morning we can get more out of this yeah yeah um i just i like the the compassion and just the the general care that she has for somebody who's a victim at this point you know and yeah um so she's going back she's staying at the odyssey hotel um of course, because it's the only hotel in Odyssey. Uh, and yeah, and that's that's where that scene ends. So then the next day we get Jenny and Ethan in their house um, beginning, you know, kind of picking up the investigation. We get a little bit of setup saying that, you know, their parents made them a nice breakfast mm-hmm. and the dad's there. And it's it's really sweet scene because Jenny seems very genuinely interested in, yes. in, in, in helping and being a part of this and like uh and you know solving yeah the mystery it it makes perfect sense for focus to underline it but i really appreciate the presence of Of. her dad in the room yeah me too that is not a detail that is needed that is a detail that a lot of stuff would not include Mm -hmm. and i'm just glad that odyssey and it makes sense they are focused on the family like Mm -hmm. that's the, the point but, like, it, I, I really am appreciative of them doing that. Because... Yeah, they don't always, too. Right. And and, and yeah. it works. It, it really serves to benefit, especially, you know, Jenny as a character, which we've established, kind of has this thing going where she's wants to do a lot and wants to be treated like she's normal and capable, but also is grappling with, you know, having a disability and what that means and... Um, you know, kind of learning to live with that. Right. But she's, and she's also a kid who is, went through a traumatic experience. Yes, exactly. And, you know, being put in a room alone and grilled by a detective is not what you want. Mm-mm, no. And so, like, I love how kind caring Ethan is, but then also the fact that, like, yeah, her dad's still sticking around. Mm-hmm. Like, because, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it, not that, yeah, it's just it's just a nice detail. I it just, is really like yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, I appreciate it. It yeah, we get the it works um, for me. So so we're we're hearing the Ethan's like okay, let's let's go over the sounds outside of the hideout. Mm-hmm. And so like we hear 
like the beginning of the scene with them walking in and Jenny's really like narrowing in on stuff. And she's like, <laughs> okay, there's like a, a horn from like a big truck. And I hear like trucks driving back and forth with kind of mm-hmm. that low rumble. Mm-hmm. I hear some hammering. I hear um, possibly a bulldozer, the sound of like trucks backing up, some yeah. sort of woodpecker sound, which mm-hmm. she can't like place. Um, she then switches to calling it like a machine gun out of an old gangster movie. Yeah, yeah, which, like a Tommy gun was, was the first correct, thing that came to my head. Correct. I I assume it's uh, Angels with Filthy Mouths. Yes, yes. As naturally. the only yeah. black and white gangster movie that exists. There's no other one. It's unfortunate. And, it could be a real genre if people right. really gave it a shot. But no, that's. I mean, that's the one. If you're a kid in the '90s, that's the one you know. It's got an iconic Tommy Gun sound. Yeah, um, it does. So yeah, that's 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 canon. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. I I, I also, also a like big fan of the look and aesthetic of Tommy Guns. Right. I also I like I like the timing wise. Mm-hmm. She could genuinely. Her reference point for that sound could genuinely be that movie in Home Alone. Like, yeah, with when this comes out, like she's probably not watching gangster movies, but she probably did watch Home Alone. And Home Alone contains a non-existent movie called Angels with Filthy Mouths that she could totally Totally referencing be thinking of. Um. So that's my head cannon. I like it. I'm very, I'm very pro, very pro this theory. Very pro that movie. Both of them. Stay tuned for our Patreon exclusive in which we cover Home Alone. All three of them. Is there three? There's more than three. So we have, uh, yeah, this is when she's kind of narrowing down. They pinpoint this mystery sound, um, as something that they're trying to clarify, Ethan is asking about it, like, oh, can you can you give it, like, can you describe it? She's like, I don't know. It sounds like a machine gun. Like, that's, like, I can't describe it any better than that. And so she gets the idea of uh, looking through sound effect discs. And they, and is it... She sends Spectre. Yeah, she sends Mr. Spectre to... Um, to, to, to go retrieve them, and he's like, oh, where, where do we go? And like, I don't know, check a local, local radio station or something. Or recording studio. Yeah. Like, Perhaps Salami back. Studios, who knows? <laughs> the world may never. Um, and then, uh, what? Uh, what um, Quinn walks in and is like, what is going on here? And she's like, we're listening through sound effects, trying to place the sound. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, it's like looking through mug shots, but for sounds. <laughs> and Jenny starts to get frustrated. Yeah. Um. And then it kind of clicks where, so uh, Quinn is kind of recapping stuff and is like, okay, uh, we inspected the dirt on Eugene's Mm -hmm. car. There was dust, um, like concrete dust Mm -hmm. and clay like you would find is like the ground at a job site, Mm -hmm. which I know a lot about. My dad works in construction. I spent a lot of time around weird, like the weird job site clay dirt. Yeah, it's a special kind of dirt. It really is. Um, and it was exactly what I was picturing when Eugene said he found clay. Me too. It's like caked a little bit. It's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's, it's really red. Yeah, super red. Why is it? It's because of the clay. It's because of blood. Oh, murder. Does your dad? Never mind. I don't want to know. We'll just keep that one uh, between you and me and, and the pod. And the pod. <laughs> Chocolate. Don't tell anybody. I can't afford to die. <laughs> um, and then and then Ethan's like, oh, I. 
she's like, can you pull up? Uh, she like grabs the book and starts flipping through the sound yeah. effects. She's like, can you can you pull up sound effect number forty seven? Um, and they're like, what 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 are you thinking? She's like, she's like, well, we've concrete been dust, right? We've been looking at we've been looking at construction. Maybe it's demolition because that's where you get a lot of concrete dust, and the sound starts mm-hmm. playing and she goes oh there it is that's an industrial pneumatic chisel yeah and my only criticism here how difficult it is to spell the word pneumatic no okay although i did accidentally so i spelled it correctly because i know yeah. how to spell pneumatic except that i typoed so the p was a bracket instead oh because i overextended with my pinky that's... and then it underlined it and i was like no i do know how to I spell did... pneumatic i did it right i promise uh and then, like, you right-click to autocorrect, but then mm-hmm. it leaves the bracket in. It's such a nightmare. Um, but my only criticism here is they didn't wind up, like, Jenny's info didn't wind up being as helpful as it could have been. Yeah. Like, there's still, there's still like, gained or, like, re-emphasized. Mm-hmm. But the thing of, like, she figured out that it was some sort of construction site. And then he comes in and was like, there was dust and clay. So it's a demolition site. And then they're able to confirm through her that it was a demolition site, but they could have just gotten that from the dust. I don't know. There seems like there's a way to both. I, I like the, the flip of we th- we're looking for construction. Jenny's getting frustrated. Oh, it was demolition. demolition yeah. That is a good play. I just think then it also kind of the way they go about it, you lose a little bit of the, oh, Jenny figured this out. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to, because a lot of this is centered around Jenny being a part of the investigation. And we've put a lot of emphasis on that. It it is kind of unfortunate that she does kind of get lost in this part of the episode because this is when it's, it's really starting to pick up, um, Right. Yeah. This and this is this is like her last scene. Yeah. Oh, like, oh really? I, I mean, well, of the episode. Of the episode. I'm not say. saying of of the of, of the, the three party. Yeah. But but yeah, <laughs> she's not in the third one at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so they uh they. I mean, that's where that scene. Yeah, ends. that's where the scene ends. <laughs> and then we jump to Katrina coming to visit Eugene at his dorm. Mm-hmm. Um. So cute. Yeah. And you know, Eugene is. Eugene. Uh, Eugene is obviously kind of distraught, but so is Katrina. And he, he does a really good job of kind of like being there for her. And she's, you know, very anxious about, uh, you know, the crooks still being out on the mm-hmm. loose. And we get a really good moment with her where she's talking about really just feeling super uneasy and, and praying desperately for God's peace. But it uh, but I can't gr- quite grab hold of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eugene, not he's not a Christian at this point, responds Correct. really well by just being like i know who you are and i know how genuine you are like the yeah the peace will come the peace you're looking for will come and if you don't feel it right now it doesn't mean it's not gonna come Mm -hmm. uh which i think is a really good way of handling that yeah i I think it's it's well written and really well performed and and then we get this kind of like they both realize that Eugene was being kind of cutesy and like a little affectionate there. And so it gets really awkward and there's like silence. It's so good. It's so well done. Mm-hmm. Like if we're talking about the, uh, the audio engineering of the episode, we're talking, the silence performances. Is, yeah. The like, silence uh, is so killer. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's like they, awkward shuffling kind of. Yeah. And I, I really like, so I really like who they recast Katrina with in the new episodes. Like I think mm-hmm. she does a good job. 
really good job. I there is something, and it also might just be like the scripts they're being given and whatnot. But the chemistry between Will Ryan and Pamela Hayden is so good. Mm-hmm. They play like college kids who are like into each other but don't know quite how to handle it. Yeah, really, really well, <laughs> really well. We're just like we're adults basically so we're just kind of our own people but like at the same time you make me feel like i'm in seventh grade again it is the weirdest thing in the world i don't know if you've had this experience yet but realizing that i am older than eugene is in this episode not will ryan the actor but the character of eugene yeah like having that realization is really weird yeah that is huh or or that like i'm like eugene basically age, Eugene's age. yeah right well and we also have the, the the problem of like eugene having gone to college really early mm-hmm. but even if you go outside of that like had i gone to a four-year college i would have graduated by now mm-hmm. so it is really funny to be like oh yeah eugene and katrina are in college like they're younger than i, I am. am you you've out well, I've well, outgrown yeah. them at this point, yeah, but then yeah. like we jump forward in the in the show and it's not. Yeah, and and like I didn't have that same thing with it didn't hit me quite as hard with Connie because she is often like she does often feel younger, but also you're dealing with like it depends on what era of the show you we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like obviously if we talk about, you know, C- Connie and Novacom, she still feels older than me. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, she's probably not, but like, roughly, you can kind age, of fudge yeah. the 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 Connie whatever. Um, but and Eugene, like, especially now that he's like a married person in Odyssey, like, mm-hmm. he does not feel like he is like up here. But you go back to these episodes, and I'm like, oh, look at little Eugene fill, f- figuring out like college. Yeah, I'm proud. <laughs> proud dad moment for eugene yeah yeah no i i haven't given that a lot of thought actually as to uh if we ever do a eugene and katrina arc Mm -hmm. it'll be really fun to like actually get into that groove with them yeah yeah i'm not gonna say any more about that (laughs) so yeah we oh um right he he's he's really like invigorated by this so after they get past the awkwardness yeah he is like just so like ramped up because of the case and like Mm -hmm. getting that that fever that like the chalk squad will have heard me have anytime i solve a mystery in the show (laughs) on air (laughs) (laughs) of just that like excitedness and the like that like dose of adrenaline and dopamine where i'm just like oh this is awesome figured something out things are happening (laughs) and yeah, and then he he's apologizing to Katrina. He's like, you know, when they stole the stuff from the computer, I know you had some stuff saved there. And she's like, well, for what it's worth, I did have some hard copies that were in my K-Knapsack. Unfortunately, that has been stolen. Mm-hmm. Um, and they and Eugene's like, yeah, it's been. She's like, he, or she says something about it being only her recent files. And he's like, so it's been hard for school. And, she, and Eugene's like, yeah, I've yeah. been struggling with that as well. Um, and then. Yeah, and then Eugene just kind of goes on this tirade of just, like, asking questions. Yeah. And that's what we go out on. Yeah, yeah. He's like, what, what does this have to do with anything? Blah, 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 blah. And then, yeah, that is, that's how the scene ends. Uh, very, very interesting. So then the next, uh, the next 
cut is to Quinn and Ethan, um, kind of at the, at the police station, presumably. Yeah. Um, they're looking at like a map of uh, demolition sites, mm-hmm. and you know they're lining it up as to with the other clues. What demolition sites would they have crossed railroad tracks to get to? Uh, which is cool. It's very, very uh, satisfying as the audience to kind of hear them it, deciphering it, is, it. It's super satisfying. It also is incredible writing on McCusker's part mm-hmm. because this is entirely visual. Mm-hmm. And he writes it in a way that doesn't feel like we are being shoveled exposition, mm-hmm. but you can still fully track with. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it's because he's so economic with what information he includes and what, like, he doesn't. He right. like when you shovel exposition on it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's you not show your him hand. like laying out the map. Like it's them talking about the map and like. Yeah. Po- but you can see them like pointing at things, and there's like a point at which they're like, "Oh no, that spot is like inside." the train track loop which gives you the idea that like oh the tracks go kind of on Mm -hmm. the outside of this and so there's just all this yeah Yeah, there's a sound there yeah there's a site in like downtown connellsville that like she would have heard city sounds oh i love that yeah a ton so oh that's right because he mm, so there's three there's three sites that they've got and one is in connellsville and ethan is immediately like nope jenny would have heard city Mm-hmm. And that is huge because it is so easy to think a person, like, to think, like, okay, what are the sounds she heard? Oh, you could have heard construction sounds in a city. Yeah. But Ethan has the extra step of being like, no, no, no. If she had, if it had been in the city, she would have heard that. She would have told me it can't be city. Well, she would have known. Like, right. Yeah, like, she, I love that. Yeah. I love Ethan's like both McCusker's writing and Ethan's like the character's thought of just like oh she can't have like it can't be in the city that would have already come up like yeah she would have heard it it's not just about what she heard it's about what she didn't hear Mm -hmm. which is a really cool way of doing it and then there's one, the next one is inside the railroad tracks. Mm-hmm. And Quinn's like, well, they could have crossed it to throw them off. And she's like, well, nah. yeah, but they would have, they crossed it going both ways when they were in different disguises and different things. Plus, they very much seem like, oh, yeah, you know, like they're not concerned about being followed because they've got her mm-hmm. and, you know, she can't see anything. So they're yeah. being kind of careless in that regard. That's why she's the perfect witness slash hostage. They also don't hit on this but like if they had crossed if they had crossed railroad tracks to like get away from something they probably would have crossed them coming back the other way Mm -hmm. so like you would have got double railroad tracks which jenny didn't hear um and then like the last one they're like okay well it's in a factory area and ethan's again like no she would have heard like Mm -hmm. manufacturing sounds and quinn's like well like what if she just didn't notice and Ethan really goes to bat for Jenny. Yeah, she defends her as a credible witness right. to to the officer who, you know, has reason to right. doubt. But, like, yeah. these Ethan are the, is the only one. three options. Yeah. That's what's been established. Yeah. The two first ones have, like, very, have, like, reasons that they can't be. He's like, okay, this is going to be it. 
And Ethan's like, no, that one's not it either. And he's like, well, it's got to be one of them. I guess Jenny's just wrong. And she's like, no. No. Jenny knows what she heard. We're wrong. We just haven't we, found the right, right thing yet. We haven't found it yet. Additionally, if we, like, she was in a building. She mm-hmm. heard sounds of another building coming down. So, but she was in, like, a construction-y building. Yeah. Because it was empty, because there was dirt on the floor, all that. Mm-hmm. So, this we're looking for multiple sites and, like, a site with multiple buildings, and this one's only got one. Mm-hmm. Which is the big clue that sets them off towards the path of actually finding the location. Right. So the new interstate highway, did they figure that out and then they contact the zoning board? Right. So, so they go like, there's, uh, she goes like, what's, what's this on the map? And he's like, oh, it's a new interstate highway that's going through there. And she's like, the, there are buildings in its path. And he's like, yeah, three buildings. She's like, well, why wouldn't, would th- those would have to be demolished. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, why wouldn't that be there? And he's like, well, may- it's maybe a- it's a state filing, not a mm-hmm. local one. And she's like, oh, that's got to be it. Yeah. And so they call up, like, the state mm-hmm. capitol building yeah. to-, to ask about, like, permits and whatnot and find out, that, like, yep, there are three buildings. It's, like, a factory, mm-hmm. a warehouse, and an apartment and building. An apartment building. Um, and they're Interesting. like, okay, well, they established like it's a, yeah. a, a pack, it's apartment building where like immigrant workers who mm-hmm. live, who work at the two factories, that's all being demolished for this, you know. Yeah, interstate. Interstate. Um, and she's Is that like, the well, same that interstate as sense. proposed by Philip Glossman? We don't know. No, I mean, that is suggested on the wiki, but I'm like, yeah, maybe. Sure. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, it could be. Oh, well, that was my headcanon that Philip Glossman was actually in part three. I don't know. Oh, 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 maybe. Oh. Oh, interesting. Mm, who knows? We'll find out. <laughs> that is that is a good theory. I mean. Well, the, as soon as the interstate came up, that was why I was like, oh, right, okay. Well, yeah, somebody's yeah, got to be behind it. Big... And he would have connection with Eugene and information and stuff. And yeah. he's pretty nefarious. Okay. okay. Who knows? I'm, I'm, I'm into this theory. So, it's probably wrong, but so right, yeah. But he does have he does have the Eugene connection. If it's not a pro, if we if it's somebody we already know, that's that's my right. that's my vote, right? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, Quinn calls the gets like a hold of the foreman and like yells for them yeah. to stop the demolition, and they're like, "Well, you don't have jurisdiction." He's like, "Ah, just 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 do it." Yeah, and that works, <laughs> of course, naturally. Um. And there's this great, like, sirens blaring and this really, like, pounding yeah. score. Yeah. Campbell just knocking it out of the park. Well, it goes, like, full cop show kind of, like, mm-hmm. okay, get, like, sirens on. We're Flashing going. Flashing lights. Yeah. We're speeding down highways. There's... It's, like, classic 80s cop cars yes. that are, like, black and white. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But none of this, like, you know, 2016 no. Maybe, maybe even a paddy wagon. Like, oh, I would love a paddy wagon. And, yeah, and so they, they get to the building... They talk to the 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 foreman, Mister uh, Frank Frank Phelan. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's Phelan. Yeah, he um, is Phelan. And he, they're like, oh, he's like, well, we there's no one in there, and they're like, okay, we have, mm-hmm. we still got to go look for clues, and they wind up finding, on uh, uh, you know, the rooms on the floor yeah. where they were in, and uh, the K knapsack is there, it's still there, and inside of it are the money, and, and the book. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, episode's over yeah it's i okay we know predictions oh, well you you do you know how this one ends i i cannot remember okay 
what what's I your mean, head you, you clearly have the glossman theory i didn't have anything good i'm like there's got to be someone behind it honestly the glossman thing works because it's like it feels like it should be someone we know behind it all at this point yeah the fact that we haven't heard anything about this mystery person mm-hmm. and we're two episodes in and it's like someone's got to be pulling the strings a pre-existing character and it's a weird thing of like so they were after at least in my opinion at this point and it seems to be pretty well lined up they were after katrina's files yes which is why like they broke into eugene's thing and so it's a question of like what is katrina studying what's on those files i don't know i'm a little bit like i wonder what like is dark is dr marcus going to have some sort of involvement yeah. here because he that keeps was my getting name dropped yeah. um well the, so there's obviously there's there's a couple components there's the book there's the envelope and the envelope has undisclosed correct we don't know what the envelope is but that's what the envelope is what they were after and the money money or not yeah the envelope was in katrina's knap sack already Mm -hmm. and the um the floppy disks or whatever she has storage on were also in there along with maybe some other stuff of hers but it, it seems like they were after katrina's stuff and so it's a question of what is katrina involved in mm-hmm. and there are at least in my opinion no hints to no. indicate what that could be no no i mean there's yeah the only thing is the overlap that's mentioned of uh, stuff that was on Eugene's computer that was Katrina's work. Correct. Um, which was mentioned earlier in the episode. So, Correct. you know, my guess is maybe there's something going on. Maybe they, maybe they were working on something together, uh, some sort of project. I don't know. Maybe it's Nicholas Appleby out for revenge. I, I hope so. I sincerely hope it's Appleby Nicholas. Adamsworth? What's his last name? What? What? Wait, which one? Nicholas? Who? The, the, the kid... The kid who Adamsworth, the kid who Eugene gets expelled, yes, 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 expelled yeah. with the Richard Maxwell, like the very early thing. Oh yeah, like, Nikki. Yes, Nikki. Yeah, Adamsworth, not Appleby. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You got any other wild guesses? Things no, you want to I, I here? yeah, I'm. I mean, obviously, we mentioned I'm a big fan of this episode. I really like the overall like direction that they've taken it. Uh, big fan of Eugene and Katrina. They're dynamic is awesome we've mentioned the audio stuff uh, as impressive as that's been i when i hear episodes like this and especially this is an incredible three-parter in my opinion odyssey does two-parters very well three-parters are sometimes difficult for them because they end up changing directions a lot um but this one seems to be building very well Mm -hmm. especially in part two um so i'm yeah, I'm I'm pleased. I'm optimistic as to how it's going to end. And yeah, I have nothing but nothing but good things to say about this one. Yeah, me too. Um thing I want to hit on from the guide here that I think is interesting. So they they talk uh, McCusker's talking about uh, the inspiration for this and uh, he said part of it was a um was this 1960s British film. Um, that he watched in which a uh, photographer accidentally takes a picture of a murder and doesn't realize that's what it is, but like develops the picture and then like slowly unravels a case from that. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was like, oh, I wonder what would happen if we did this with sound. 
And I'm like, okay. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. It's weird that it's like a photograph versus like something somebody saw. Like, Mm -hmm. it it feels more akin to just like, hey, you know, a person was a witness to a crime. Yeah. And we're doing that with sound. Um, But it's, I just think it's interesting. Like, oh, yeah, he cites this unnamed 1960s British film that has this premise, but with a picture. Which is even funnier, in my opinion, when... So, if you were to do that 1960s British film, where, like, a photographer accidentally takes a picture of a murder, but with sound, you would get the 1981 Brian De Palma film, Blowout, in which John Travolta is, like, going out recording sounds for a movie and records the sound of a murder and then, like, unravels a case. Like, that is the audio version of this. And it already existed. (laughs) And it already existed. You did the audio version of a different story. Great job. I mean, so, I haven't seen the original, yeah, but I'm curious. I, I'm, I like so I'm, I'm, here to, I'm here to recommend Home Alone 3, uh, Blowout, and a 1960s British film. Which one? Watch them all. Yeah, yeah, just go There's through. not that many. It's a, just 10 years of film. Like, that's not that bad. Yeah. Maybe I'll try and research for the next episode what that film could be called. <laughs> Who knows? There's There's got to be some corner of the internet that has something that could narrow it down for us yeah we'll have a mystery of our own (laughs) to solve so uh yeah that's uh that's all i've got for this week Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to say i'm i'm good all right yeah i am plugging anything no i (laughs) i am plug free all right me too uh so we will be back next week with episode 311 the perfect witness part three bye guys bye Wadfam Chalkpod is a presentation of the Lids Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at Wadfam Chalkpod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at wadfamchalkpod at gmail.com. The Perfect Witness Part 2 was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sable and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wad Fan Chalk Pod.